0: Welcome to the Desert Dirt Biker Podcast with Corndog and Eric. Hello, fellow dirt bikers and friends. Welcome to the Desert Dirt Biker Podcast, co-hosted by me, Corndog, and my good buddy, Eric. Eric and I want to thank you for joining us on our podcast journey. On the Desert Dirt Biker Podcast, we talk dirt bikes. Yes, dirt bikes. We talk about our experiences... Different races, organizations, race dates, bikes, gear, tips, history, and always try to bring you fun, exciting guests to tell their story. Now, grab a drink, kick your feet up, lean back, hold on because here we go. Here's Corn Dog and Eric. <laughs> hola a todos welcome to the dirt biker podcast as always we're changing things up a little bit so i'm stuck here at home in caliente this episode but eric is down in mexico for the baja 1000 we have eric and down there and girls with us on the phone bienvenido eric como estas
1: qué pasó qué pasó amigos aquí, sí. again, Baja. what's up everybody? Welcome <laughs> to the show
0: awesome so this is episode twenty eight november nineteenth twenty twenty and like I said we're Eric's down in Baja, so we're gonna do a Baja show so uh pretty cool uh So, on this, you know, we're going to do the Baja. So, we're going to have some history, some current events. I'm sure Eric and the guys are going to talk about some food and some funny Baja stories. Um, So, uh, before we get into Baja, Eric, let's talk a little about uh, your team, you and your team, uh, how you ended up in in the Best in the Desert series. All right. Yeah, so, um, myself, Tyler Harvey... Uh,
1: Jeff Picton, Chuck Harvey, and, and Damon Bush, the five of us made up our Best in the Desert team. Um, we struggled a little bit early on in the season, made it a little harder on ourselves to, to battle for a championship. Um, we started out in Parker. I had a pretty big crash in Parker, um, went from battling for first to almost dead last out of like 12 teams. So we hurt ourselves there, um, or I should say I hosed us. But um, anyway, <laughs> we, we scrapped and battled back all season long. We had a pretty good showing at the Vegas Arena where we took second place there. And then uh, down in Glen Helen um, at the National Desert Cup, we ended up taking second after a hard-fought battle down there as well. And, uh, going into the last round, we, we were battling for the championship. We knew we had to win the points. were. Hey, hey,
0: Eric, what, what class were you guys racing?
1: So we were racing the open expert class. Okay. Um, and yeah, so we went into Parker, the blue water desert or the blue water is it desert challenge. Is that right? Desert challenge. Yeah. The blue water desert challenge. So we went into that one kind of knowing that we had to, to win, um, that was our only option to stay in it for the championship. We, um, we had some team tactics and some plans going into it. Uh, we ended up building a second bike and just out of plan to try and put a gap in points and, and make things happen. But ultimately we knew we had to win and, um, the team that we had to beat, all they had to do was come down and beat us. So it came down to whoever, whoever won that round. And we actually ended up winning that round. We tied and the tiebreaker was uh, whoever had the best finish at the last round. So um, that's Tyler Harvey cracking up with a cold one. <laughs> My teammate here. Um. Anyway, so yeah, we ended up locking up the championship for the best in the desert uh, overall championship, and then we also locked up the COVID championship that they had. They had a kind of a two championships in one series type thing. Um, anyway, so yeah, we locked those up. Cool. Damon, Damon was a, threw down some solid laps the last round, and uh, we made it
0: happen. So, yeah, you guys had some challenges throughout the year, and then throw COVID on top of it, and you guys pulled out. So the 2020 best in the desert over or open expert champions.
1: Yeah, man, that sounds pretty good. That's awesome. Well,
0: congratulations. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. So, um, well, cool. I I also not to jump out of your guys' highlight, but also want to throw out a ground shakers name that, wrapped up the AA premier championship in moran our local and our local organization and he's a ground shaker but throwing a throwing him out there jim herrero so congratulations jim
1: yeah congrats jim i know he he rode hard this year and uh made it to every round pushed pretty hard to make that happen so it anytime you wrap up a championship it's because you put in a lot of effort and a lot of work and you showed up to every round and um, you know, you did what it takes. So congrats to those guys.
0: And and on on a side note, Jim lives in Arizona. So he traveled to Nevada every round for Morand, And even for our ground shakers round, he you're not allowed to race. So he, he came down here to work our race. So he traveled from Arizona. So it's just a little more special too, representing the ground shakers in Nevada from Arizona.
1: Heck yeah, dude pretty awesome
0: anyways well I guess uh let's run into Baja so uh how is it down there man it's
1: uh it's as good as always so uh we're down here we got Chuck Harvey um came down with solid plans to race the Ironman pro class for the 2020 race you guys
0: were all down there to support Chuck
1: yeah so we got Chuck Harvey Tyler Harvey um, Zach Cummings, Steve hammocks down here, helping him out. Uh, Terry Stevens from Boulder city, Jody Hyman, Damon and Brent Bush and myself. So that's kind of our, our crew down here supporting Chuck and, uh, you know, running chase trucks and logistics for, for Chuck's effort. Um, unfortunately Chuck had a, a little incident a couple days ago and, uh, caught a foot in a rut and ended up twisting his ankle really bad. Um, he gave it a couple of days, good effort to, to ice it and try and see if he'd be able to gut it out. But it's just, it's just too bad and too dangerous for him to continue on right now and try and race. So we kind of all agree that he's going to pull the plug on this year and uh, we'll be back in 2021. We're already talking about plans for that. So,
0: well that's that's unfortunate in our heart our heart and love goes out to Chuck and your whole entire team and that's that's too bad, but you guys are hanging out still down there and gonna check out the the races and stuff or are you heading home,
1: yeah, so our plan is to go down to Ojos Negros tomorrow morning, watch the trophy trucks come through there. The bikes start super early like four thirty in the morning or something, so. We probably won't catch the bikes coming through there, but uh we're gonna go check the trucks come through Ohos and then we're gonna go on down highway three to Valley T. We're gonna get some Valley T tacos because you can't pass that place up. Best tacos in Baja. Um get us. That's what I'm hearing. Get <laughs> us a taste tacos there and then we're gonna go down to probably uh Mike's Sky Ranch Road, watch the lead bikes come out of Mike's and uh watch some of that and then probably pound pavement home. So that's sweet. A-
0: that that's pretty cool. At least you're gonna try to make the best of it and which you guys always do. So um yeah, I'm yeah, sure I, you Baja, guys I, will
1: adapt. We're, and- we're all super stoked. Everyone here got a chance to throw a leg over a bike, ride some beach and uh ride some Baja. So yeah, was not a bad trip.
0: Yeah, I'm sitting back at home at work and every chance I get, I jump on social media and all I see is Baja pictures, Baja videos, Baja stories. And so tonight, I guess we decided to have a margarita and some chicken enchiladas for dinner, kind (laughs) of, kind of, kind of to bring us all together and doing a Baja special. So you're, you're hearing, you're
1: hearing heart and, uh, (laughs) Ty Harvey, does it suck down here? The exact opposite.
0: <laughs> the exact opposite I well
1: know, life does not suck in Baja
0: to our listeners, if you guys have been listening to our shows it's it's huge on my bucket list from everybody talking about it all the time,
1: heck yeah, man, so yeah, it's been pretty awesome um we got Chuck Harvey here uh I wouldn't mind bringing Chuck on and just you know that's he's the reason we're all down here and kind of get his story and what what his thoughts were on the race and tell us a little bit about what you think, Chuck. I mean, coming tell us a little bit about your preparation and and why you wanted to solo the Baja 1000 at 56 years young.
2: Well, I've uh, raced it several times now as part of a team and it's always been a dream of mine to uh, iron man it. So I thought I'm not getting any younger. So this year seemed like the perfect year to do it. So um, we started kind of, getting ready for it about six months ago. And um, just thought I had everything dialed in and then a little mishap and uh, kind of all went south from there. Yeah, no, for sure. So what bike were you gonna do it on, Chuck? So uh, we have a 2014 KTM 450 XCW that we ran last year. And uh, myself, Eric, Damon Bush, and my son, Ty, Harvey, Uh, We got second in the sportsman class with the bike last year. Uh, Bike ran great. So I just did a motor rebuild and got a real comfortable seat for it. And was going to basically run it the same way. Um, So that for the bike, that's what I did. Uh, I had a great pit crew with uh, all the people that Eric mentioned. We had three trucks coming down to support me. And let's see, as far as myself, uh, I got a job actually working construction as a laborer. So, um, between humping boards, blocks, and hammering and shoveling, ten hours a day, I I got in pretty good shape.
1: Heck yeah! Sounds like a <laughs> solid plan to me. Yeah, um, yeah. So, what was your mentality coming into a race like this? I mean, it's it's nine hundred miles of some of the most
2: brutal course that you can find. What was your mentality coming into this race? Uh, my mentality was to ri- ride about 70, 75% of my normal speed racing and uh, just make it through. I was hoping to do 100 miles every three hours, which uh, would have given me a fairly good time and um, just kind of take it easy, slow down at night uh, and just make it through. You know, I, we had uh, basically two spare bikes, so we pretty much had the bike covered um, yeah, and was hoping for the best.
1: Yeah, no, that's solid plan. Um, we, we, I know a, we were
0: all rooting for you.
1: Yeah, man, I know and, uh, we had a lot of people back home making comments and just really uh, following Chuck's program and everything. So thanks for everybody that was supporting him and, and uh, just, you know, Chuck's super bummed, but he had to make a tough call, and and we all support it because, uh, it's the right thing to do. So, his ankles his ankles pretty messed up. He probably needs an X ray, but he's toughing it out till we get home. So, um,
0: <laughs> you guys carrying him around everywhere?
1: If if I know anybody that could probably finish the Baja 1000 solo, it's Chuck. This dude is an animal. Um, it's yeah. a it's an honor to have been able to race with Chuck in the past. And those guys welcomed me into their Baja effort back in 2018. And, uh, man, they're like family. These guys are super solid,
2: good dudes, and uh, all really, really good riders. So, anyway, thanks, Chuck. Appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for having me on, and uh, it's a great show. I love listening. Thanks, man. Yeah,
0: we're excited to see what folds in your future, and we're behind you all the way. Hopefully next
2: year we'll uh, have a have a better time and uh, better luck. Thanks yeah, for
1: sure. We'll, we'll be, back. be rooting for you. Yeah, one thing's for sure, we'll be back. So
0: anyway, and take the court dog with you. <laughs> <That's>, yeah, man. <laughs> well, very cool. <clears throat> well, Baja. I, I did a little bit of research this week or over the week, just because I don't know. I had a couple minutes to do that. So, if you got care Eric, I'm going to read a little bit of history about Baja.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. Send it.
0: So, Baja started in 1967 by Ed Perlman and Dan Francisco. It was originally called Nora, which stood for National Off-Road Racing Association. So, they did that for a few years and I believe in 1974 there was no race. And I'm not quite sure what happened. There's a bunch of different things I was looking at, but uh, legally something happened and a new organization took over and, uh, that's when it became the Baja started out as Baja 500. And eventually they kept, I added all those other series, the 1000 and I believe the San Felipe is part of that. Uh, so it's going strong. It's getting, it has grown tremendous over the years. It's pretty famous. Uh, a little bit about this year, there was about 200 entries from 26 U S states. And this is before the, I mean, I guess there were still walk-ons, but when I researched this a couple of days ago, these are the stats, uh, They're from 26 U.S. states, 13 countries, and that's all classes combined. Total mileage for this year was 898.4. They had four physical checkpoints, 359 virtual checkpoints, plus the finish line. So that means 359 times you had to navigate somewhere by a checkpoint virtually. Yep. Um. Obviously the race starts this Friday, four AM, November twentieth. The twenty twenty Grand Marshal is Frank D'Angelo. And this will be the forty-sixth time starting in Ensenada. But there's a lot of history. There's fifty-third
1: overall, Baja one
0: thousand. Right, the fifty third over the overall. Yep. Um and just there's some huge names that have won over the years since since it started in 67. Uh, but the first winner was Jan Roberts with Malcolm Smith on a Husky. But, man, the names go on. Like Scott Harden, Jack Johnson, we've had both of them on our show. Uh, I, I mean, the list will go on and on. I, I don't want to sit here and name them all. But Danny Hamill, the late Danny Hamill, which passed over there. Uh, Johnny Campbell several times. Uh, last year, David Camo and Colton Udall and Timmy Weingan. Why? How do you say his last name? Timmy Wiegand. Wigan. Yeah, Tim, Timmy Wiegand. So, uh, pretty cool. Uh, a lot of, a lot of big names that you hear all about. So, um, that's about all I kind of have on my history. I, I, there's more, but we can move on but that's your basics.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, They refer to this race as the granddaddy of all off-road races. And there's a reason. Um, I mean, we, we went and pre-ran about 160 miles this weekend. uh, Mm. And that was over uh, two days. I mean, it's not uncommon to pre-run that much in a day, but we were just taking it easy and having a good time. So, But uh, there's sections out there just in that 160 miles that, I mean, it's just unbelievably gnarly. There's impact rocks, anything from rain ruts to impact rocks, to hard pack, to silt, to sand washes, to beaches, to, you know, this loose rock and, and mountains. And I mean, it's just through the trees, through the desert, Dry lake beds. It's it's just something. It's unbelievable. There's nothing else quite like it, and and I think that's what makes it so so desirable to come down here because you can see so many different types of terrain all in all in one race, you know. And um, I don't know really to put your head around soloing 900 miles. It, it, I don't know that anyone that hasn't done it could even fathom it i mean it's just those who have soloed it and, and finished it's just unbelievable so um my hat off to chuck for uh, for putting forth that attempt and and was i truly really believe he would have done it so
0: uh, right right has there been a lot of people that you know of that have ironman that solo or there's been a lot
1: there's been a lot that have attempted it over the years um but the number of people who have actually finished in the time um is pretty pretty limited the the number of people that have actually finished it is pretty limited and chuck was just telling me chuck just mentioned that casey folks was the first first person to solo the baja One Thousand. Wow. So I didn't know that, but yeah. Very cool. Chuck, do you know how many Very have cool. actually finished in the time frame? I think there's only like a, a, a 25, 26 people that have ever finished in the time frame. Um, the Baja 1000 solo.
0: So do they set a time frame every race? And what is that time yeah, frame? Yeah, so...
1: It, it, it varies. Sometimes it's like 34 to 36 hours. This year, it's 40 hours.
0: Um, now, is that just for bikes or is that for all, all vehicles, vehicles?
1: All vehicles, yep.
0: So if you don't make that 40-hour, you might as well just stop at your closest point. Well, and that's the
1: cutoff. And so 40 you... hours is the cutoff for official finish. But man, I mean, there's been people that, that continue on and finish after the 40-hour mark they just don't get the official finish so i mean yeah it's not just a give up it's but that's the cutoff to get the official finish
0: you know and that could be mechanical problems injuries being lost whatever yep
1: yep so this is one of the more rough baja 1000s they've done in the past you know from uh, in the past so This hit a lot of the different really rough technical terrain. Even uh, BJ Baldwin, I saw on his Instagram post, he was saying, you know, most Baja 1000s are uh, 20% conservative or um, patience and 80% go fast. He said this one's 80% patience and 20% go fast. He says this is really going to come down to who has the most patience and can work through it and uh, get through it clean so it, it is it's going to be tough it's going to be brutal it's going to be gnarly um and then the factor of just staying awake on the bike for you know 36 to 40 hours is
0: yeah can you even yeah. imagine yeah it's crazy. and the and the <laughs> the cramps and the sores and the the blisters holy cow Yeah,
1: i mean the logistics of this you know of of timed pits and and when to stop and eat and you know take a break and maybe even get a little shut eye to power nap you know uh, there's a lot of things that a lot of decisions and a lot of things that can go wrong and that that have to go right so good luck to all those who are racing tomorrow Uh, we're looking forward to seeing the results and seeing everybody get through clean and safe and finish. Um, but yeah, man, we love it down here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I will be glued to it as much as we can from Stateside. Very cool. Yeah. So has anything, I, I know we always ask for a funny Baja story. Um, anything crazy or amazing happened since you've been down there
1: um yeah i mean
0: it's there's all
1: there's always a, a crazy story that comes out of baja so uh oh wait is damon bush damon, there with
0: you he needs to get on here and tell us a story damon, i read on social media <laughs> damon's
1: got a damon's got a story for us all
0: right here here's damon bush We uh, i kind of heard a little bit read a little bit on social media
3: are you there damon i'm here corndog how you guys doing
0: Good. How are you doing, buddy? Good. So, tell us what happened with your travels to wherever you were going down in Baja. You
3: know, you know what? So, when I came down here last year, I, uh, you know, they kind of gave me the vibe that hey, anything happens in Baja, and well, we had a little bit of an incident before we even got to Baja. We uh, went and um, had a little bit of registration issues trying to cross the the border and. Four hundred dollars and some sweet talking and throwing some money on the ground. Later, uh, we finally made our way through the gates and continued on down south. So, was
0: well, that was registration on your bikes or your tr- vehicle you were driving? Yeah, bike
3: registration. We um, technically didn't have any bike registration, so not that it was le- <laughs> not that it was legit. So we <laughs> we uh, we made we made some registration <laughs> and. <laughs> Yeah, got, uh, got caught and had to uh, sweet talk our way through. But we're down here, awesome. we're eating tacos, we're having fun.
0: Awesome. Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yep, it was
3: crazy. Uh, for a second day, I thought, thought one of us was going to Mexican jail, but
0: nope. <laughs> so you said you've been there last year or was this your first year? Yeah, here this, is my, this is my
3: second year down. I uh, came down last year. Um, after, uh, I believe it was Tyler asked me if I wanted to come race ball on, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into. I, uh, got down here and just started having a blast. And I, the, the fact that, you know, if you go down in the middle of the night or wherever you're at and nobody's going to pick you up, I don't know. I, I, I live for that. So I think it's fun.
0: <laughs> well, make sure you have stickers and cash well, in your Hidden away is from what yep. I hear.
3: Boots, gloves, wherever you can hide it. Yeah, the the locals love the sticker. So we just, we were pretty much throwing them out the windows at them.
1: <laughs> Tell them about the through really
3: <laughs> that, that town. Yeah, so about the kids. About, we, we pre ran off the start. So from mile technically zero to 70 at a mile marker 40, we go through a little like rural town where, you know, the kids, probably don't see much, you know, big machines or dirt bikes or too much action, too much action really, that uh, we started cruising through there and the streets just started getting lined up with kids and they were out there giving us high fives, jumping around, screaming and stuff. So it was it was cool for them. Cool for us. But, That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's fun uh, making their day. So made my day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so do you guys like typically make or order a bunch of stickers of whatever to take down there with you or just stuff you've collected over the years no
3: pretty much over the years i mean we have you know factory connection all the all the big bike brand names that we've either ordered parts from or gotten parts from we uh we got a little sticker drawer so we uh pretty much just collect them and give them away to the locals and they love them they'll start sticking them on their cars and stuff you know i don't think they know what they mean but
0: (laughs) they they love them (laughs) That's yeah, cool.
3: I call it pretty much currency down here. You can get through pretty much anywhere with the, just a just a simple sticker, poster, T-shirt. So,
0: wow, that's great. Yeah, it's, so in all in all the the uh, the locals or the people from down there pretty much open up and greet you with open arms, basically. Right? Yeah,
3: I mean they're all super nice, very very nice people. They uh, food's great too, so. That's always a plus, but very, very nice people.
0: Very cool. I'm about ready to get in my truck and head that way.
3: No, no, come on down. <laughs> I'm not ready to get. Not ready to go yet. So,
0: <laughs> oh, you
3: keep coming down, da- keep coming down from for years to come. So, it's it's awful down here.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So. Right on. Well, any other stories or something you want to talk about before we hand it back over to Eric?
3: Um, I think he's, uh, he's ready to get back on the mic here and I'll let him keep telling some stories (laughs) down here in Baja.
0: Right on. Well, thanks for coming on. Damon. Thank
3: you. It's a great show.
0: Right on, man. Yeah. So Damon,
1: we, we hit the border, man. And, uh, we got hung up on the registration thing they really needed registration to get through and we didn't have the right paperwork lined up so the guy says well we're gonna have to send you guys back or impound the bikes or something and we said man there's got to be a different way what can we do to get through and we got this race we're going to we got to be down there today And the guy's like well 200 bucks a bike
0: now now is this on the mexican side or the u.s it's- side that you're we're trying to get
1: into mexico so it's the mexican side so dude's like well it's going to cost you 200 bucks so we're thinking man that's steep so i started talking to the guy a little bit and i kind of know how it works down here i i spent two years down here in mexico lived here and kind of learned some things while i was here and so i kind of knew what was happening and so i i sitting there trying to hard talk the dude down to to cut it in half from 400 to $200, but he wasn't budging, man. He was, he was pretty dead set on $400. So anyway, it ended up costing us to get down here $400 more than we were planning on, but wow. two days later and uh, two days of riding, it was worth it, I think. So
0: heck yeah. Moral of the story. Yeah. I wonder how, I wonder how many people don't have it to $400 or whatever. That's <laughs> the so moral of the story. Make sure your
1: paperwork's solid on your way down here. So... Yeah.
0: Little <laughs> cost. Wow. But... So has that been pretty much your, guys, your group's only issue so far? Other than our Chuck getting a little bit... Yeah. Hurt?
1: Yeah, I mean, so far, everything's, everything else been pretty smooth. Um, this is Baja, so... I mean, anything can happen. People say that all the time, but literally anything can happen. You're you're very remote. It's a different country, the way of life, every you know, the way they're used to doing things. It's just different. And so, um, coming down here, you really need to be prepared. Expect the unexpected, and uh, have a backup plan. That's crucial. But even better, have a little extra cash on you because you never know when you might have to buy yourself out of a sticky situation.
0: <laughs> yeah So and
1: but no it's great the people cool. are great the food's great um, the weather's great it's like 70-75 degrees all day just beautiful weather um, sitting I mean our, our our little apartment here we're sitting in this casita and it's literally right on the beachfront inside of kind of a fenced in compound so it's safe and it's all our equipment's safe it's, it's great man
0: very cool. Very cool. So talking about food a little bit, you guys gaining some weight now that that you're eating good or or and then tell me you guys are going to have those famous tacos. Tell us about that.
1: Well, Ty Harvey's sitting here. I think he's probably leading on the most tacos. It's it's a toss-up between him and Tits Pitts. Zach. Zach <laughs> Zach's our main pit dude. Zach, come here. We're gonna get you on the show. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Zach Cummings coming on the show here he's the CEO and owner of Tits Pits and uh, tell us a Tits little Pits. bit about your program dude
4: so Tits Pits is created because uh, my nickname is Tits pretty much it's, uh, it, uh,
0: and, and why is that?
4: <laughs> there's a very long story to that that's probably not appropriate for
1: radio Uh <laughs> Well, we'll leave it at that. Dude, Zach has been Zach's been um Ty's one of Ty's best friends for several years. They've known each other since elementary school. Um and Zach pretty much has been pitting for Ty for he's been the backbone of my several operation. years. He's he's the backbone of Ty's program. Four years now. And uh, awesome. he's down here every year with us. He chased us the entire Best in the Desert series. Um, and hands down, he's just one of the most solid pit guys I know. When it comes to, to pitting, he's got it down. Fueling, tire changes, parts, whatever you need, man. And uh, so we're stoked to have him. But, yeah, it's a toss-up between Zach and Ty right now on who's eating more tacos. We discussed it. <laughs> it's a tie right now. It's a tie right so now. Go how team. many tacos? 21
0: right now. So are they? Are they chicken, dog, beef? All of the above.
2: What kind of well, dog? all of the we, above? We
0: steer clear of chicken because we <laughs> don't know when it's been refrigerated.
4: Last.
2: So we try to steer clear of chicken.
4: <laughs> twenty-one
1: tacos, <laughs> dude. And really and we're headed well, and we're headed to Tacos Poblanos tonight. So we're gonna go ahead and probably break that tie here. Hopefully, when somebody will put some more away.
0: So twenty-one tacos. When did that start? Like two days ago or like an monday hour. night yeah monday
4: night, monday night. It is actually it's a pretty low number yeah. considering disappointed in us yeah
0: yeah <laughs> you better step it up and get your taco game that's 21 tacos each though
4: exactly in, i mean in both of our defenses i think we've only been doing like two just absolutely ridiculously sized meals a day starting with breakfast and <laughs> breakfast usually isn't tacos like right i've had chilaquiles so I just had, uh, what would you have this morning, a crab omelet? Crab omelet, man. Mm. That's one of them. Ever- wow. So it's not every meal is tacos, but if you're lucky, it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. And then where are you guys heading? You, you're going to a taco place tonight, but then you said you're going to some famous taco place Tomorrow yeah, tomorrow we're going to hit Valley
1: Tea Tacos. Um, It's this little taco stand in the middle of nowhere. I'm going to send you a picture to add to this uh, to this post when you post it. But Valley Tea's is famous for their okay. quesad taco. They make this taco that that okay. they melt the cheese onto the tortilla first, and then their carne asada is just off the hook. I mean, it's the best in Baja. It's unbelievable.
4: There is actually an It wow. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just Valley Tacos. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much every building here says Taco. Bar. Uh.
1: Anyway. <laughs> um, so real quick on on this race, it the vibe down here right now is a little bit different than normal. So um, because of the COVID restrictions and everything, here we go twenty twenty one or the twenty twenty COVID stuff. But um, it's really impacted the Baja One Thousand. They weren't sure if it was going to happen, Um, but typically it's a big ceremony down here, a big, big deal. They have tech inspection that runs right in the middle of town and they shut off streets and roads. They use the main town center building to do, you know, registration and housing and all that. And um, so the vibe here, they've, they've moved tech and contingency up to the highway, the new highway, Um, north of town and they've closed it off to all the public and they're just they're not letting any of the public into tech and all that it's just racers um it it just doesn't feel the same i mean as far as you know the the vibe and stuff for ensenada but uh come race day tomorrow it's going to be all business and uh, the racers are definitely going to hammer down and and make a race of it but it is definitely different due to covid so kind of crazy
0: are the entry numbers about the same this year as they have been? In no, the past I would or? say that um, entries are down this year, all, all,
1: all across the board. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just kind of far for 2020, I guess, but, uh, it's, at least, at least they're having it, right. you know, it's kind of like best in the desert and all the other organizations that held races this year, they did what they had to do to make it happen. And, uh, those of us that can, and, and want to race we're here and so hopefully 21 right. hopefully 2021 gets better this covet stuff can go away and get back to somewhat yeah. normal life man but right.
0: yeah let's hope
1: <laughs> anyway uh zach's got one more comment he wanted to make
4: shopped at oxford some more lime cheese. Talked to a guy at a OXO station today in one of the little towns, and he said that the local Mexican news is actually saying that there is no race going on. So we think they're probably telling people that to keep the hype down.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's kind of wow. crazy.
0: So so the locals that are there supporting you or whatever, do they just kind of assume that's going on because you guys are all there or do you think they yeah i mean i think i think word of mouth
1: is gonna you know travel and people are gonna know it's happening but as far as as far as any media or anything like that they're saying it ain't it's not happening so kind of crazy i don't know it's, it's a different world right now wow i don't know what that's gonna do for their media trust <laughs> probably not a whole lot it's crazy if you ask me that's right.
0: nuts but now that media stuff's crazy yeah. in our country too <laughs> you don't know what to believe or not oh, believe yeah. but that's a whole other podcast. yeah we can yeah exactly <laughs> there's, plenty of
1: podcasts there's podcasts on that already huh so anyway yeah. um well let's do our hot sauce giveaway real quick and then uh i got a couple baja stories and then we'll wrap this thing up because we're gonna go eat some tacos here soon
0: all right, so for you guys that have listened to our last episode with the Warrior Built and the for Veterans Day, so they have uh, Don Wapo hot sauce kind of came to them and said, "Hey, what can we do to help the Warrior Built Foundation?" So they took their hot sauce and made a label with uh, Warrior Built and all that, and and Nick Ham kind of told us about that. Anyway, so we got. A bottle of hot sauce, and we had a contest for everybody that answered the question: "What what bike is Warrior built racing?" So the answer was, if you listen to the program, the O six Honda four hundred and fifty. So we had several people message us in, and we lined them up, and we did a computer generation thing. To pick how many right? Number. How many right answers anyway, did we have? Uh, Roughly. Uh, Everybody that wrote okay, in cool. was correct. So out of that list of names, and I don't know this guy, but he is the winner of our bottle of Don Wapple hot sauce. And we'll, we'll get with you and get your address and we'll get it shipped out to you. But, and I don't know if I can say his last name right, but it's Chris Ash. A-S-C-H-E. And I believe Chris it's Ash. Chris Ash. So congratulations, awesome, Chris. And I actually tasted some. I had not your <laughs> <about> bottle, <it>, Chris. <laughs> but that was good. <laughs> I, I got me a bottle. Eric's got a bottle. So when Eric gets back, I'm gonna give him his bottle. But I had some the other day. It's pretty good. It's different, but it's good. It they I I, I should have put it on my enchiladas tonight and I forgot, but I'll have a second helping after the show and we'll throw some of that hot sauce yeah, on Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Anyway, so thanks again to Wario built. They're actually down there with the team in Baja. I don't know if you've been able to hook up or see them Not, at all. Message Nick
1: Lake earlier, um, kind of gave him some pointers on the uh start to Acombaro, which is like the first 80 miles. But uh those guys don't pre-run, man. Okay. They don't pre-run. They just come down and race it and and uh their whole goal is to finish, man. So we we'll be following their team and, yeah, and kind of been hoping that they're have a good safe race and they get to the finish in time.
0: Yeah, yep. I've been following their story on the social media. Pretty cool. They also have a little buggy or a VW bug racing in it. Yeah, That's class eleven cool. car I think they
1: run. The little VW Volkswagen. So
2: very cool. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, congratulations on that and good luck to everybody. And, uh, you got yeah, some more, ball I got one more,
1: I got one more guest we got to bring on. So Steve hammocks here with us. Steve oh. is the current best in the desert over 30 champion. Yeah. He also wrapped up a best in the desert championship and, uh, just wanted to ask him about that, how nice. that's how the season went for him. And, and, uh, tell us a little bit about your season, Steve.
5: Yeah. So, uh, Man, it was uh, the year started out awesome. We went to the Parker 250. Gary Smith and I uh, had a brand-new beta just about fresh out of the box that uh, Gary prepped for us in about a week and a half. And uh, we won the Parker 250. <clears throat> and, uh, man, holding on pretty tight for the year. We ended up second quite a bit. Uh, had a fifth at Vegas Torino. And then it kind of started going south on us. We had uh, a rough run at uh, Glen Helen. Gary took a pretty good uh, uh tip over, and dislocated his elbow. Uh, Chuck Harvey jumped on with us for the the next park around. Uh, he had a nice gap out front, and uh, I took a little trip over the handlebars and bent up the front wheel and myself, and uh, so Chuck got on finished that day. <laughs> and then uh, we were able to make it through Sunday, get that championship wrapped up, and uh, big props to both Chuck for helping us out and then uh, Gary for all the work on the bike. He really, really had that thing working good, so. A lot of fun,
1: yeah. Solid ride awesome. by you guys this year. Congrats on the championship, man. Yeah,
5: appreciate it. It's awesome. Appreciate it.
0: Cool. Hi, yeah, congratulations. And I've known that little Gary guy since yeah, he's, a long he's time. Still kind of little, but you
5: know, he's working on it. He's working on it. I'm trying to get him on, on some weight so we don't have to move the suspension so much between me and him. But he gets after it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So. Yeah, right up. Very cool. Very cool. How about, how about you, Steve? You got a Baja story? Oh no, man, I tell you, I was, uh,
5: really excited for Chuck, man. That's such a big commitment. Uh, you know, just even signing up Ironman for that race is, uh, is really next level. And if you know Chuck, you know, he's, uh, he's a guy that can definitely get it done. So, uh, man, I was really excited to come down here with him and just, uh, watch him get through that and, uh, really felt it with him too. When, when he decided not to do it, uh, like Eric said, smart move. Um, but yeah just man stoked to be down here with them and uh, uh yeah our border crossing was kind of similar i think we got off a little uh easier than damon and eric did uh, but yeah similar story getting across there and uh but it's been good ever since just uh, enjoying the weather enjoying the riding and uh enjoying the company
0: is that your no i was fortunate boss, enough to you- ride
5: with uh, a couple of our local guys joe amy uh, red ogden they invited me down in 18. Uh, so I got riding 18 with them and okay. did about uh, I think about 150 miles down here the some of the good rough stuff. So good time down here.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Very <clears throat> cool. Well, have fun and uh, congratulations on your best in the desert championship and uh, yeah, have fun. Sure. Thanks,
3: hard <laughs> <laughs> Right on, man. So.
1: Um, what else corn dog? you got anything else for us i think i've got a lot of stories we can uh, we can throw out there but uh i don't know if you had any other questions you wanted to touch on I,
0: I i think i'm i'm pretty pretty good um uh i know if we want to keep on going we'll have to take a break here in about 10-15 minutes well, or uh, yeah, if you I'll want just, to wrap it up in the next, I'll just tell minutes. a quick story
1: and then um, we'll wrap it up here and we'll just keep this one under an hour.
0: So, um, cool. And then you can maybe throw okay. in the tip of the show yeah. real quick. Yeah, copy <laughs> that. Eat, eat plenty that. of tacos. Tyler Harvey is <laughs> going to give us our
1: tip of the show tonight. So, stay tuned. Okay, so All right. in uh, 2019, last year, um, I set out to pre-run my section. Um, I was going to ride from Highway 5, where up north of San Felipe, Highway 5, the course comes really close to the highway, and then it veers off and takes off towards the dry lake bed. Um, it's, it's roughly usually around race miles. 680, 660, 700, somewhere in there. Um, and uh, so I I set out to pre-run my section. It was about 110, 120 miles um, to to where I would hand the bike off to Damon Bush at the 2019 Bajo 1000. And so um, logistically to get around that loop, I knew that, that on race day, I may need a little bit of gas um, somewhere out there. And we talked to Baja pits and they kind of told us, no, you can't just buy one pit. You have to buy the whole, the whole thing. So I says, okay. So my, my thought was and a little trick I learned back in the old days of Baja was you carry gas with you in a gallon gallon jug and you stash gas for race day and you flag it really well and you'll mark it and everything and, and then on race day you'll come in and fuel so i throw a gallon of a gallon jug of gasoline in my pack and uh squoze the <laughs> air out of it and i had a big kind of heavy duty orange juice jug so it was pretty heavy plastic and i thought i was good to go so i threw that in my pack and saddled up with all my other gear and i mean when you're soloing pre-running for 120 miles in the most remote area of baja you better be prepared i mean I, I carry i carry right first aid gear with me um i carry a lighter i carry uh batteries backup batteries for my gps i carry a gps a phone um uh a poncho or, and then I always ride with my, um, my riding vest that turns into a jacket. So I'll put the sleeves in the back of it and ride with a vest, even though it's hot. Um, because at night it gets super cold. So anyway, so sure enough, I set off to Baja and, and, uh, I set out to pre-run my section and I take off and things are going well. and, And, uh, I come up on a set of three riders and it's, these three Mexican guys and I pull up to them and um, I speak some Spanish to them, you know, just check on them to see how they're doing. See if They need anything. And, and they're like, no, we're good, man. We're good. Um, they're like, we're a little bit low. One of them was a little low on gas, but he, he says, I think we're okay. He says, do you know where Baja pits is at? And I says, yeah, it's like 20 or 30 more miles ahead, you know? And so they thought they could make it to Baja pits and get some fuel And so I went, you know, they says, go on, go ahead, go on your way. You know, we'll be fine. So I took off and um, I'm trying to get through this before it gets dark on me. And uh, so I pushed ahead and I pull into Baja pits and uh, on in pre-running Baja pits will allow anybody to kind of buy gas from them. And so I, I knew, you know, being 120 miles that I was going to need some gas. So I, I bought some gas off Baja pits while I was out there. And, oh, so I got to bump back like 20 miles. So I passed, I passed the Mexican group and I keep (laughs) riding about 10 miles later. I feel my back's all wet and starting to kind of, well, so I pull over and sure enough, dude, my gas bottle had rubbed a hole in the side of it somehow and leaked gas all down my back. And literally there's like an inch of gas left in the bottom of this jug. So I'm pissed. My freaking, (laughs) my plan. So my plan to stash gas for race day is out the window. I got gas down me. I'm freaking pissed off. So I'm like, now what am I going to do? Right? So I'm like, well, I'm going to have to really work magic with Baja pits and see if I can get them to pit me on race day. So I ride up to Baja pits and sure enough, they're there. So I, I buy gas for the day and I'm talking to him in Spanish, kind of smoothing things over, making friends real quick, you know, and then I hit him with uh, Hey, is there any chance you can fuel me on race day? Um, you know, I'm going to need fuel in this pit. And he goes, yeah, yeah, we can do that. And I can't remember how much I paid per gallon, but it was probably like 20 bucks a gallon, so, but I paid him. Cause wow. I knew that on race day, I had just hosed my whole plan of stashing gas. I was going to need gas. No, no question. So anyway, I, I shelled out some cash again in Baja cash is King. So shelled out a little cash and I made it happen and <laughs> got it locked in for race day. Well, he says, he says, what's your number? He wrote my number down and all that. And I says, well, you got a sticker for the front fender and, and whatnot. He says, well, he says, yeah, let me check. He went and looked. He comes back. He's like, oh, no sticker, but just pull in on race day. We'll, we'll have your number written down. So I'm going on a on a word and a prayer that I'm going to get gas on race day at Baja Pit, right? Which is pretty uh, not... Uh-huh. It didn't really let me rest easy. We'll just say it that way. But um, right. I got a little faith in the Mexican humanity down here. They're pretty good people. So so I, I wing it and off I go, okay? So I head out, and my next difficult section is going to be the summit. And the summit is, like, super gnarly. You got to go up over this big, rocky, cliff, ledgy, nasty hill. And, I mean, it's a mountain. So I'm cruising along, and I come up on a couple more motorcycles and <clears throat> and uh, pass them. I get to the base of this hill, and I look up to the top of the hill and there's just a massive black cloud coming right over the top of the summit. I mean, a wall of just black coming straight at me. I look at it. I'm like, Oh man, this ain't going to be wow. good. You know? And I'm 70 miles in still got, you know, 50 miles to go. And so I pulled over, I zipped the sleeves onto my vest and, uh, put my head down said all right it's gonna be gnarly but uh I headed up over the summit and dude as I mean at the base of the summit it was just a torrential downpour and in 2019 it rained for like two and a half days straight I mean they actually had to postpone the the Baja 1000 a day due to horse work that they had to do but Uh I got caught in the middle of this storm and I mean when I left it was blue skies and it was 75 degrees, 80 degrees. No, you know, no idea it was going to rain that day, but I always wear my vest and I'm always prepared for the worst. And uh, anyway, I rode 40 miles in a torrential downpour. At one point it was hailing on me. It was like 30 something degrees. It was the coldest <laughs> day of my life. Anyway, I pushed and I pushed and my hands were numb. My hands were frozen. I had to heat them up on the pipe and I get, I get through and man, I'd never been more happy to see my pit crew and to see the truck. But I got out after 40 minutes of just being a Mexican popsicle and uh, we get (laughs) to the truck and I'm sitting there warming up, man. And my, my guys are loading the bike and loading the stuff and I'm taking clothes off and trying to get warmed up. Cause I'm just absolutely frozen. And next thing you know, here come three motorcycles down the wash. I'm like, Oh, these guys got to just be iced over and frozen. So they, they pull up and man, they pull up right up to our truck. And they're like, we're, we're freezing, man. We're freezing. And I says, come here, get in the truck, you know, get in the truck, warm up. So I get these three Mexican guys off their bikes Get him in the pickup truck and and uh sure enough, we we get talking and I recognize the the one guy. I'm like, man, I know him from somewhere, you know, and and uh he looked so familiar, but I couldn't remember who it was. Anyway, it ended up being Ivan Ramirez Sr., who is Ivan Ramirez's dad. Uh Ivan's uh, an Ensenada kid right. that raced wow. for factory KTM and Anyway, it was his dad, and we had met earlier back in 2010 when Ivan raced with Dave Pearson. I was down here pitting for Dave, and and uh, we had met back then and kind of reconnected and remembered each other and had shared some stories. But anyway, I warmed those guys up wow. in our truck and got them some dry gloves, Got gave them my warm jacket. He didn't have a jacket. They, they didn't have a, 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 I mean, they were in paper-thin gear, no jacket, no – I mean – it wasn't expected but anyway we got them a jacket got them all warmed up sent them on their way um offered them a ride back but they they said their truck was only about another 15 miles or something and anyway they made it back um but that was a pretty epic story for me to be able to tie in with those guys and and uh help them out along the way. Yeah, but that's awesome. The one thing with Baja is you just, you have to expect the unexpected. You got to be prepared down here because if you know if you get a bike broke down and something like that, you're going to freeze to death. I mean, it's just, it, it's crazy.
0: Right. So did you
1: see those yeah, guys we after, actually, after we that? actually tied in with them. Yeah, a couple days crazy. later, I went uh, up to Ivan's shop and – retrieved my gear and stuff he invited us up and he he took it home washed it folded it and had it all dried up for us um invited us into their shop showed us ivan's race bikes and his his uh trophies and we you know just kind of got to hang out with those guys we went to breakfast with them um anyway yeah it was it was a cool experience those guys are awesome and and that was just one of many baja stories that i have that sticks out and was, you know, a cool experience for me. So
0: that's very cool. Anyway, we're at the,
1: we're at the time where we got to take a quick break. Let's take a quick break, pay some bills real fast, and then we'll come back on for the tip of the show from Tyler yep. Harvey.
0: Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'll, uh, we'll talk in a minute. Bye.
1: Hey guys, you got a dog go over to throw me a bone at the antlerchew.com and check out their offering of fresh antler chews your dogs will love them they're all natural and good good for your dog's health give that pup something to do let them chew on an antler and uh, they'll love you so go over to throw me a bone at the antlerchew.com enter the promo code offroad the first five people to order We'll get a five percent discount and a ten dollar Rocky Mountain ATV gift card. So hurry, quick promo won't last. Go check them out. TheAntlerChew.com. That'd be the tip of the show. To make Hola, tip
2: Eric. Yeah.
1: Hola, amigos.
4: We're back. Hola,
0: Enrique. What's right, happening? So it's time of the show for tip of the show with special guest. Larry Harvey.
1: All right, Ty, go ahead and uh, break us down on the tip of the show, man. All right, uh, that'll be a quick tip. If you want to come down and have fun with us in Baja and need registrations made, you should send me your information because it cost me $0 to cross the border with a bunch (laughs) of dirt
4: bikes.
1: (laughs) Uh, it, It can get pretty tricky. A lot of race bikes don't have Registration, but uh, from from what I've to- been told, um, a lot of times your uh, title will work as well. So okay. Anyway, have your have your paperwork in order. That's the tip of the show. When you're coming to Baja, have your have your paperwork in order, or call Tyler Harvey. Five bucks. Um, <laughs> So why, why is
0: that? Do they just want to make sure it's not stolen and you're not trying to import a bike over there or whatever?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's just to, to make sure that it's legal and registered and yeah, exactly. You're not bringing hot bikes across the border.
0: Okay. I
1: mean, for us, these are the bikes we race every week in and out, you know, and so. Right. Tyler Harvey, the bike you crash every week.
4: <laughs>
1: but, uh, <laughs> anyway, to wrap this up, Jody, first Jody Hyman, first timer in Baja. Tell us what you think about your experience down here.
0: Hi, Jody. Oh. Hi. How are you? Hey, you're not letting that sand get in them places, are you? No. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh. <laughs>
3: What the- what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> we lost Bob's her been a so far. It's been very enjoyable.
1: How many miles did you guys ride today?
3: We just rode like 30 miles. Yeah, it was cool. I got to ride on the beach today and that was fun. And then we did like 25 miles on the cliffs and got to see some cows. Actually, you know what I'm talking about. We love cows. So that was like heaven. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's been a good time so far.
0: Very cool. Is this your first time down there, Jody? Yeah. So having a blast so far. Yeah, yeah, it's
3: good. We rode a San Felipe on what Tuesday? Tuesday. Yeah, and so riding that versus what we rode today was like a total different atmosphere. So for all the guys racing the Baja One Thousand, it's going to be intense. But that's nice. yeah, time.
0: Very cool. All right, man.
1: Well, we're getting ready to go get some tacos, get some dinner. It's getting late and uh been a fun show. Thanks everybody for listening. Yeah, Stay cool. tuned as uh we'll get this out and then uh catch you guys on the next
0: one. Yeah, thanks guys, all of you guys for uh little comments here and here. It was a blast. Great show. Cool, man. Thanks. All righty We'll Alrighty.
1: We get back to the states.
0: Yep, have fun, be safe, be careful. All right, dude. See ya. And get that paperwork on your bike. (laughs) Heck yeah. All right, buddy. All right, hasta luego. See ya. Adios. And now, the sponsor of the race state segments, Recreation Tires. Our good buddy Nate Adams at rec com has given us a promo code to pass on to you our listeners go to rectires.com and with every order you receive 10% off it's that simple just type in the promo code desert dirt yes type in desert dirt Biker at checkout to receive your 10% off thanks rectires and now stay tuned for race date segment All right, guys, here I am, Corndog, and it is that part of the show, race date segment. Anyways, I'm going to go through some dates and give them to you. So November 16th through the 21st, which we're right in the middle of that, you have the Baja 1000 down in Baja, Mexico. That's kind of what our show's been about tonight. A little jealous because I'm stuck over here in the States. Anyways, you need information, history, all the information, scoreinternational.com. Moving on, November 21st, 22nd, round two of the AMA West Coast Hair Scramble. This round will be in Boise, Idaho. December 5th, Cal City Grand Prix, which will be in California City, California. December 5th, works in Lake Havasu. More information in the flyer on worksracing.com. Yeah, flip my page here. Um, So this one's not a whole lot of desert racing, but I thought I'd throw it out here. It's uh, December 9th. I believe is a Wednesday, but it's the Fire and Police Motocross Christmas GP held at the Glen Helen Raceway. So if you want to find out information on that, firepolicemx.com. And moving on to December 11th, the NGPC, which was formerly Big Six, will also be in Lake Havasu, Arizona. And to find out more information on that, go to ngpcseries.com. And that, folks, will conclude All Your Race Dates for this episode of the Race Dates Segment. Thank you for listening to the Desert Dirt Biker. Make sure you tune in next time.